0: Based on what has happened over the past month, there's absolutely no question, Spencer Rattler is going to have to go off against Notre Dame. Hello Gamecock Nation and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host Andrew Line, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And we have finally made it. It is officially game week for the South Carolina Gamecocks as they'll be taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl On Friday afternoon down in Jacksonville, Florida. So because we made the game week, obviously, we're going to have a lot to talk about regarding South Carolina's opponent in Notre Dame. And how the Gamecocks should probably try to attack Notre Dame both on offense and defense. And of course, we'll try to get someone from Notre Dame's side of things on this show at some point later on this week. But before we dive into Notre Dame, we have to, of course... Look at what South Carolina's got coming into this contest. As the Gamecocks officially started their final week of ball practice on Monday afternoon, and I believe Pont or Point Vedra High School, local high school down there in Jacksonville. And while there, Shane Beamer met with the media after practice ended on Monday and gave a few updates regarding the team. And one of those updates was not a good one, as... He mentioned that Josh Van is officially out for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl due to that horrific looking knee injury he suffered against the Clemson Tigers back in the Palmetto Bowl in late November. And then with Jalen Brooks, he did not say that Jalen Brooks isn't going to be able to play, but he did say because of his off-field issue, whatever he's got going on right now in that aspect, that right now he's doubtful in his eyes. So what does this mean when looking at the entire laundry list now of offensive skill players that either are or could be absent from the Gator Bowl? As of this current moment, including guys who have entered the transfer portal, here are the guys that are not going to be playing in this game. Marshawn Lloyd, Jaheim Bell, Austin Stogner, Trayvon Keenan, Corey Rucker, and Josh Van. All these guys, for one reason or another, will not be playing. Jalen Brooks it is looking more and more likely that he might not play himself. That is not confirmed yet, but again, it's not looking great in that aspect based on Shane Boomer's language from Monday. And it sounds like running back Christian Bill Smith, while he will be available for this game, it sounds like that foot injury is going to once again keep him from being 100% healthy when he comes into this matchup. So the next question that you're obviously going to ask is, who will or could be playing in place of all of these guys? Well, obviously, at running back, the first thing that's going to pop out is going to be Juju McDowell. And again, we've talked about this before on the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. Juju McDowell plays very hard. He's obviously a very, very fast guy back there in the backfield, and he's someone that can definitely make plays happen. Now, unfortunately, Juju McDowell, just because of his size, is probably never going to be an every down back. But again, he at least offers some explosiveness back there behind Spencer Rattler. And then, of course, you got wide receivers Amarion Brown and DeKaryon Joyner. Now, these guys obviously have now been in this offense, at least this current edition of the Gamecock offense, for the past two seasons. Amari Brown and De'Carion Joyner have both had quiet years, admittedly, compared to guys like Jalen Brooks and Antoine Juice-Wells, who, by the way, Juice-Wells will still be playing in this game. So, obviously, expect a lot of targets on his side of the field. But Amari Brown to carry on Joiner again, these guys are not guys that can quite literally take over football games, but these are guys that can definitely contribute. They have done this at the Power 5 level against other top-notch teams. So it's not like that South Carolina's coverage is completely bare at wide receiver. And, of course, you throw in Xavier Leggett as well, a guy that has especially made an impact on special teams up to this point in this season. But Again, the thing is, with Josh Van and Jalen Brooks both more than likely out for this game, the amount of threats in South Carolina's passing game in terms of guys who have been constantly a presence on the edge or down the field are now few and far in between. You basically have Antoine Juice Wells out there. And then after that, I mean, you have Nate Atkins, who, of course, really came on at the end of the regular season. But otherwise, there's not a whole lot of guys that have, you know, sort of, Really made a big impact in multiple games throughout this season. So, what does all this mean? Well, obviously, multiple players are going to have to step up in the absence of all of the players that I mentioned earlier. But the main story, the one that's not going to be talked about as much as maybe all the changes to this offensive roster, is going to be how much these losses are going to change how Spencer Rattler will need to perform. Now, obviously, it's no secret. Spencer Rattler, with all the talent that he has, and with some of the losses that the Gamecocks suffered earlier in the month from the transfer portal, guys, again, in Jaheem Bell and Austin Stockner, and, of course, later on, Marshawn Lloyd, he was going to have to pick things up. But with the losses now of Josh Fan and potentially Jalen Brooks, that has now been amplified tenfold. Spencer Rattler is going to have to almost carry this offense on Friday afternoon against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And because he's probably going to have to carry this offense, and Notre Dame, probably having a lot of very smart defensive coaches, are going to notice this, this is probably going to also affect South Carolina's game plan. At least, it should affect their game plan. Because here's the thing. South Carolina's down to one primary scholarship tight end in Nate Atkins which means you're not going to see a bunch of two tight end sets. Yes, they might have some formations where Wyatt Campbell trots out there as an extra body on the line of scrimmage to act as a blocking tight end. But let's be honest, we're not going to see that probably more than like five, six times in the entire ball game. Maybe you see it a dozen times. But the point is, you won't see more than a handful of plays of those kind of sets. And obviously, Nate Adkins cannot literally take every single offensive snap in the game. That would be putting him in real dangerous circumstances, potentially, and increase the possibility of him getting hurt, which Shane Beamer is going to have to account for with this offensive game plan. So, in my eyes, this offense is going to have to operate now out of the shotgun for the majority of this game, and they're going to have to establish a quick passing game early on in this contest to try to get a flow going between Spencer Rattler and all the guys that I mentioned earlier. And again, to carry on Joiner, Amari and Brown. Antoine Juice-Wells and Amari have a connection. You don't need to worry about those guys. But the thing is, Spencer Rattler can't target Antoine Juice-Wells every single play of the game. Having a rapport between your quarterback and your wide receivers is extremely important. It's something that really gets lost in the shuffle when you're watching football from a casual viewpoint. But if you don't have that working in your favor... No matter how good Spencer Rattler is at quarterback, that will hurt South Carolina offensively. So make no mistake, this loss of Josh Van obviously is going to hurt. And the potential loss of Jalen Brooks would hurt even more. And while I wouldn't say put South Carolina in extremely dire straits, I will say that this really is going to impact how they're going to be able to try to attack Notre Dame, offensively speaking, in this football game. Now, while the offense is definitely going to have to make some alterations in multiple aspects because of a lot of players being out for this contest or having left the program in the last few weeks, it's not just the offensive side of the ball that will be dealing with repercussions of players being out or, again, having left the program. We're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball and why there's one particular player that is now going to play a pretty vital role in this game in just a few moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. Now, if you're a small business owner or manager that feels like the hiring process is a high-stakes wager because you want access to the best qualified candidates available, who wouldn't in those situations? There's an easy way to get around this entire scenario, and that's by using LinkedIn Jobs, which helps to find the right people for your team faster and for free. When you use LinkedIn jobs, you can create a job post in minutes to reach both their own personal network and a worldwide network of over 800 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps to find the right people that fit the job description to a T using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and populate the right team member to help you finish out the year strong. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen or watch every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Sports Today, where the biggest stories around the sports world take place in 20 minutes or less. Plus, you'll get instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Lockdown Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts daily. Okay, now, we talked about the offensive side of the ball and how some of the defections from that side of the ball are going to... Put a lot more of the offensive onus on Spencer Rattler and caused South Carolina to probably have to make some alterations to their game plan. Now we're going to talk about a guy on defense who deserves the same kind of attention for the same reasons. And that is Brian Thomas Jr. at the edge position. Now Brian Thomas Jr. probably does not carry the same name cachet as some of the other guys on defense. There might be some of you who are sitting there and going, who is Brian Thomas Jr. and why do I need to know about him? Give me one second, I'll dive into why he is one of the most important players for South Carolina in the Gator Bowl. Brian Thomas Jr. was a recruit from the 2022 recruiting cycle. He was not necessarily maybe one of the most highly rated guys out there, but he was a solid find as a pass rush specialist out of Florida. The Gamecocks discovered they wound up signing him, brought him on, and had him enroll in the summertime period, and then he went through fall camp and has taken a lot of snaps for the Gamecocks at that position during the season for a couple different reasons. Jordan Stratton, of course, tore his ACL against the Arkansas Razorbacks back in Week 2. Terrell Dawkins, who was a transfer from NC State, also has been dealing with an injury all season. Pretty much limited him to, I believe, only two game appearances total. And Gilbert Edmond, who was the guy that filled in for Jordan Stratton after the Arkansas game, He stunned everyone, I think, and entered the transfer portal about a week and a half ago and seems very unlikely to return to the team at this point, which now pretty much means that it's now Brian Thomas Jr.'s time at the edge position here on this Gamecock defense. Now, here's why Brian Thomas Jr. is going to be very important for the Gamecocks in this football game. Firstly... The matchup that he is going to have, and I will admit, I highly doubt that Clay and Wyatt, this defensive coaching staff, are going to allow Brian Thomas Jr. to be going up against this particular offensive tackle for the entire football game, but I do have to imagine, because of maybe the amount of time he has spent at the edge position in practice, this is probably going to be at least maybe a primary matchup for him. And that's going to be his matchup with left tackle Joe Alt of the Fighting Irish. Now, why is Joe Alt so important to know? Well, I think I have briefly mentioned him before in the Locked on Gamecocks podcast, but to quickly rehash why he's important, he's considered by a lot of people to be the best offensive tackle in all of college football this year. He was a first team All-American, according to the Associated Press, and was graded by pro football focus at the end of the regular season as the best overall offensive tackle in all of the Power Five conferences. Yeah, Joe Alt is gonna make a lot of money very soon. The crazy thing is, he's not even draft eligible yet. He's got to play 2023 before he can go on to the NFL draft. And that's the guy that Brian Thomas Jr. is probably gonna be matched up against on Friday afternoon. I think now you probably see where I'm going with this. Joe Alt is listed by Notre Dame's website as standing around six foot seven and five eight inches tall. And weighs, I believe, around 317 pounds, if I remember correctly. That means that Brian Thomas Jr. is giving up around 4 or 5 inches in height. And is also giving up around, I believe, 77 pounds in overall weight. If his listed measurables are correct. So obviously right there, you could see that from a size standpoint, this is going to be a mismatch. Let's just say it how it is. It is going to be a mismatch against Brian Thomas Jr. Brian Thomas Jr. has the size he has right now because, firstly, he's only spent literally six, seven months in a college football strength conditioning program. And secondly, he is meant to be more of a pass rush specialist on this defensive line. I don't think that he had facing Joe Ald of Notre Dame on his bingo card heading into the regular season. So, here's what's going to probably happen because of this matchup. Notre Dame is going to probably see this, coming into this game and I guarantee you if their coaches see this at all, they are probably going to try to exploit this. How are they going to try to do this? They're going to try to emphasize the running game here. Now of course, there's a bunch of confounding factors that could point to the reason why Notre Dame is going to try to emphasize the run game heavily, some of which I'll take a deeper dive on as the week progresses. But needless to say, Tyler Buckner has not played since early September, and he is likely going to be their starting quarterback. Star tight end Michael Mayer, who accounted for almost 50% of, I think, the team's receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. At the minimum, he's gone. He's opted out of the Gator Bowl, and he is preparing for the NFL draft this coming April. So when you take those two factors into account, there's no question Notre Dame's going to probably already try to run the Rock a lot in this game. And when you look at the size advantage and obvious experience and probably skill advantage that Joe Alt's going to have in this matchup, you can now see why Brian Thomas is going to be very important in this game. He is going to have to be able to hold his own against Joe Alt. If that means that the linebackers are shifted a little bit more to that side of the field in order to provide some extra assistance to Brian Thomas, which means that maybe the opposite defensive tackle and defensive end are put more on islands and have to make the right reads during the play, that might be a sacrifice that Clayton White and this defensive coaching staff are going to have to make. Another thing that they could probably do that I think they will and should do in this game is they're probably going to have Jordan Birch, who normally plays that weak side defensive end position, and probably move him over to that edge position and have him play a lot of snaps there as well. Probably not all of them, but I would imagine at least maybe around 50%. So needless to say, I don't think that the coaching staff is going to let Brian Thomas Jr. try to go and play football tango with Joe Alt for an entire 60-minute football game. That probably would not bode well for South Carolina. But needless to say, Brian Thomas Jr., i I'm not, of course, we're not going to sit here and say he's got to win the majority of his battles against Joe Alt. That would probably be very unrealistic to expect. What he is going to have to do is this. He cannot allow Joe Alt to constantly blow him off the line of scrimmage and get at least, like, Three, four, five yards of push. He cannot allow that to happen. The other thing he's gonna have to do is this: South Carolina has collectively got to get Notre Dame into some obvious third down passing situations. Once that happens, Brian Thomas Jr. has got to utilize his strengths to the best of his ability to try and at least make Joe Alt work. Not saying he's got to go out there and get two, three sacks, but he's got to at least give him something to where he's gonna have to work a lot harder than maybe he would imagine in order to help out this Gamecock defensive front. And if he could do those two things at a minimum, then that's honestly a win for South Carolina. And again, if that's the way this game plays out, it will not probably be looked at closely in the box score at the end of the contest. But Brian Thomas Jr. is going to be one of the most important players on this team. Maybe not the most recognizable name, but trust me, he is going to be very, very vital to a potential South Carolina victory, especially in terms of the defensive side of the ball if South Carolina wants to come back home with a nine-win season at the end of the day Friday. Now, the discussion around some of these conversations here really and truthfully started on Sunday evening when the depth chart for South Carolina was released because there were some other notable differences from the last time South Carolina took the football field in late November. I'm going to go over those few other notable differences in just a couple moments. But first, want to also let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Now, imagine you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But you decide, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, and it's no big deal. You might think, what's the worst that could happen? I get pulled over. Maybe my insurance goes up. Maybe I lose my license. Maybe you lose your job. Maybe you lose your car. Thus, maybe you lose your home or your apartment. Or even worse, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right. Now, a few other notes and takeaways from South Carolina's depth chart that they released on Sunday night, starting off with the offensive side of the ball, the one big notable change here. Tyshawn Wanamaker is currently listed as the starter at right tackle after Dylan Wadham has basically quietly opted out of this game and I guess now will begin his preparations for the NFL draft. Kason Henry is listed as the backup. Both of these guys were mentioned by Shane Beamer this past week at his press conference and were once again mentioned here at his quick little gaggle interview with the media on Monday afternoon after practice. Tyshawn Wanamaker being listed as the starter here, it's not really a surprise, honestly. Wanamaker has a lot of starts already under his belt. I believe he was a freshman All-SEC selection back in 2021. And, you know, as far as I can tell, he has gotten better in terms of being a more complete offensive tackle and being able to pass block as well as run block. But I think his strengths mainly lie in terms of run blocking. So there was not an or listed either on the depth chart here, which tells me that at the end of the day, Wanamaker's probably the starter here. It is impressive to see that Cason Henry in his true freshman year is already, though, pushing here for potential playing time at that offensive tackle spot on this offensive line. So that's the one big notable change in terms of the offensive side of the ball. Now moving on to defense. MJ Webb is listed beside Tonka Hemingway as a starting interior defensive tackle. Now, a lot of people probably would have imagined here that Tonka Hemingway and Alex Boogie Huntley would have been the two listed starting defensive tackles, but Gamecock coaching staff are going to elect with the experience factor here, putting MJ Webb there in the starting lineup. Again, MJ Webb probably cannot wreck a play driver game like Tonka can, but MJ Webb has a ton of experience in this program he's got a couple years of experience now in this defense and he does a lot of the little things right he's looked at again as like the grandfather of this defensive tackle group so you know maybe it shouldn't be as much of a surprise to see him listed here as the starter would still imagine that boogie huntley and tj sanders and probably nick barrett as well are all going to see snaps though in this football game O'Donnell Fortune is listed as the starting outside corner in place of Darius Rush. Darius Rush, again, has opted out of this game after dealing with some injuries throughout the season and maybe wanting to heal up some from those injuries in order to be able to adequately prepare for his testing days in lieu of the NFL draft. So O'Donnell Fortune is going to now get his opportunity to shine in the Gator Bowl. Notre Dame does not have, as far as I can tell, statistically speaking, a whole lot of real dangerous playmaking threats on the outside. That's not to say that there's no talent out there whatsoever, but when you look at the numbers, I mean, it's a significant drop off after Michael Mayer, who is no longer on Notre Dame's football team, as he is preparing for the NFL draft as well. So big opportunity here for Fortune, and we will see, of course, how he plays against the Fighting Irish on Friday afternoon. Sticking with the secondary real quick, DQ Smith is listed as the starter at both the nickel corner spot and the free safety position. Now, obviously, DQ Smith cannot play two positions at one time, so you can imagine that DQ Smith is probably going to be a starter at one of those two spots, which begs the question, who could end up starting in the other spot that he's not playing at? Well, those two guys would be one of either Keenan Nelson Jr., at the nickel corner spot or B.J. Gibson at the free safety position now in terms of playing time I believe B.J. Gibson has played more snaps this season than Keenan Nelson Jr. Keenan Nelson Jr. obviously was a do-it-all defensive back I believe at St. Joseph's Prep up in Pennsylvania and is a guy that in my eyes has a ton of potential as a versatile defensive back in Clayton White's defense but again The thing is, he does not have a whole lot of experience under his belt, and with a game of this magnitude, this might not be the time where you want to throw him out there, so to speak. So... I could see DQ Smith, of course, depending on the formations and sets, playing a little bit of both positions in this contest. Maybe in the first half, the Gamecocks intentionally do this just to see, you know, who ends up playing better after the first quarter or so, if it's Keenan Nelson Jr. or B.J. Gibson. And whoever's playing the best between those two, maybe they ride with the hot hand and they just go with that guy for the majority of the rest of the football game. So, you know, there could be a couple different ways that this plays out, but needless to say, it is notable that... DQ Smith is listed at both of these spots, and again, because he can't play both, it's either going to be a true freshman, Keenan Nelson, or a guy that has multiple years of experience at the FBS level in B.J. Gibson. So those are some of the big notes and takeaways from the depth chart release on Sunday night. What are y'all's thoughts on all of these situations? How do you think all the losses on offense are going to affect Spencer Rattler in terms of what he's going to have to do in this game? How do you think it's going to affect the offensive game plan overall? Also, what do you think about Brian Thomas Jr. and the situation that he could be in on Friday afternoon? Do you think that maybe they're going to completely flip-flop him and Jordan Birch so that Brian Thomas Jr. is maybe be playing the weak side position for the majority of the contest. And lastly, was there any takeaways that you had from the death chart release on Sunday night that I did not mention? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. Or you can shoot me a message at line underscore SC on Twitter. And I'll try to respond to your message as quickly as I see it. And once again, don't forget to make Locked On Sports today your second listen or watch. Now that you have listened to or watched the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But... Once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday. I hope you had a fantastic holiday weekend. I hope you had a bunch of really great memories that you made with your friends and your family. And if you're making the trip down to Jacksonville, be safe while you're down there. And, of course, safe travels as well. Thank y'all for listening or watching today's show. I'll catch you on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.